Welcome back to another issue. I'm Beastie Boy. I'm Table. I'm Red. And it is I, Shino Brando. And for today, we gather an uncanny team of mutants that have yet to have their chance on the silver screen. All right. So I know we literally just established the rules of how this works. As in, they haven't been on the silver screen. And the very first guy I'm going to talk about here has, in fact, been on the silver screen. But they did him so dirty that he deserves a second chance because I'm talking about Darwin and now it may not have been readily apparent to anyone not versed in the comics when they were watching X-Men First Class that Darwin's mutant ability is survival, period. But that's what his ability is. That's what Darwin does. That's what Darwin means. So to have the audacity, the sheer balls to kill Darwin? We all know why they chose to kill Darwin. To show that they weren't fucking around and that they were very, very serious. Racism. He was just logically the worst possible pick of characters to kill. This guy has turned into literal energy to escape an attack. This guy has teleported to a different country because his mutation decided that was the best way to survive this situation. Yeeted him to fucking France. You can't kill Darwin. You just can't. That's the point. So, Marvel. Or whoever's got the property to X-Men Our Disney overlords. Yeah, the mouse. I know we're not on speaking terms all the time, but I beg you, Put Darwin in another X-Men movie and do him right this time. We have but one humble plea. Just read his character description before you put him in, maybe? Check the history. He gets a pass for this list because they did him dirty, man. They did him so dirty. It's almost like he was barely there and died (laughs) in the first ten minutes. Yeah, it was... Adapt to this. Ha! Of course he can. He's amazing. What What a shameful scene. It was... I don't know adapt to this i'm still mad it's been a long time since x-men first class came out you should be mad (laughs) i have been mad the entire time you should be mad they did a character wrong for for some shit dramatic effect that didn't really have that much of an effect a lot of reasons to love that movie darwin not one of them no how professor x actually gets paralyzed in that movie super great also paid off in days of futures past also magneto and professor x's romance Takes front and center for a good few portions of that film. They have a bromance. Anybody that tells uh, me otherwise... Drop the is... B. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anybody that tells me otherwise is wrong and hasn't seen the movie properly. Anyway, we should go on to someone who actually followed the rules for their first pick. Please. Brings Please it to me. Yeah. So my first pick is a young lady named Armor. Or as her real name is, Hisako uh, Ichiki. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. If I'm not, then I'm sorry. But it's not your uh, first language. She, we'll forgive you. She's a character who's been born in either Tokyo, Japan, but otherwise she has been in the mutants or the new mutant team for quite some time. But someone who's you know not really shown up a lot in any media except for the comics. But I think she'd be cool because like you know it'd be cool to have someone that has abilities of like per se this uh, what is it called psionic exoskeleton armor is described. Well, a lot of characters with psionic abilities get fucked over on film because it just becomes 
the same generic energy blast type stuff. Psylocke. I Scarlet Witch in the, yeah. Scarlet Witch in the MCU. Psylocke in, I believe it was Days of Future Past. Uh, that she got a, she got a spot in. I think that was the one with Apocalypse. Age of Apocalypse. Uh, yeah. There, yeah. there you go. You got me. But point being, they couldn't do that with armor because her psionic abilities are something completely different and equally visible. So they don't even have an excuse to make it energy blast nonsense. Yeah, but like it'd be just cool to have another like female character on screen and plus someone of color too, because you know, someone from Japan would be just be interesting to see. And plus, let alone the psionic abilities, but like. She's very, like, I guess, durable in a fight, too, so. Hmm. That'd be interesting. She's unlikely to get fridged. <laughs> don't, give her, don't give her a love interest. <laughs> Please. I want to do that. <laughs> but, we yeah. always need more Asian rap. Exactly. And it's we got a dose of more... that in uh, Penny yeah. Parker in Into the Spider-Verse. True. True. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of her the interesting... Uh, things about her though like part of her abilities is that she has uh combat training with her armor from wolverine and tactics from cyclops let alone all that stuff but because of her power or the like one of her weaknesses is that i guess like when her powers can increase it's when a member of her family dies which is weird she's got john wick syndrome yeah and it's like i hate that that's how you phrase that (laughs) i love that that's a phrase <laughs> you kill the man's dog and he's suddenly a thousand times stronger and he finds your gold coins so how does and she john wick somebody essentially it doesn't really describe too much but from what it has said is that like once the ability i guess once the person has or family member has died specifically right the abilities can increase or properties can increase to be as strong as almost close to the adamantium like adamantium levels mm-hmm. but it's like it, it depends on the situation i guess or i guess the connection to relative per se and how many of them are currently dead i i only know the parents no are dead. better question how many are currently alive i don't know i only know the parents are dead mostly so that's that's rough but yeah, you know one I, way to I, subvert the uh the orphan trope yeah, exactly she literally gets power-ups every time she gets a sad trauma moment <laughs> can you imagine if batman was like that no uh, batman would be even more on un- like you could trade his plot armor for actual armor no. <laughs> at first his parents go now he's an eight-year-old with lots of powers then jason he goes of, he, he thinks of crime he gets like a gauntlet he thinks of like alfred he gets like maybe a shield he watches Me! he picks up jason's fool. body that's just it he's now it's a world tyrant over the place. <laughs> my god Speed on dark knight's metal <laughs> But yeah, that's that's uh, generally my pick, though. I love her, and I love your decision. Ooh, thank you. <laughs> that brings it to Shino. All right. I can tell most of you guys have chosen some good guys. I went the other way and chose bad guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And they've done the Magneto. They've done the Brotherhood here and there. They've done Apocalypse and the Four Horsemen. And they even did Blob. Blob. They did Bolivar Trask and the Sentinels. <laughs> Even Silver Samurai to a degree. So, you know, they've really, they, Mystique is another one, Lady Deathstrike. So they've really gone through the whole, almost the whole library. So the ones that they haven't chosen and haven't done, Mr. Sinister is my first Ooh. one here. Yeah. Okay. And, I, and Mr. Sinister is a personal favorite of mine for a bad guy because he's just, he's a nut bar. And again, he likes to play with DNA and genetics. Just totally nuts. Has an obsession with Cyclops and Jean Grey. Lots of people G- do, though. 
Yeah, lots of people do. He's got some. He's yeah, got that's why they're in a thruple right now. Yeah, well, we love that thruple. Shut up. <laughs> he's got Jeez. a thing for genetic ma- manipulation. He's got a contract kind of bound to fucking apocalypse. So it makes for some good storytelling here and there. If you haven't checked him out, do check him out. He's a Chris Claremont re- uh, creation, so he's he's always good stuff. Chris Claremont knows how to write a character. This guy saved the X Men after a period where they didn't have any good writers after Stan and Jack and all those guys kind of left the book. He kind of swooped in and he made most of those memorable characters that you know now. Wolverine is one of them, kind of. Proudstar, that whole 1975 team, it's kind of part of his work. And in that era of time, he made a lot of villains and Mr. Sinister was one of them. And I'd like to see this guy on screen one day. Interesting. Strong case. Super in. The fact is he's been like super Easter egged in all the movies and he didn't show up in the movie he was supposed to, which was Logan. Yeah. Yeah. A sprinkle. A sprinkle of him. I'm which like, would have made okay, sense. Give me this vampire looking ass with a big jewel in his forehead. This and make this him lipstick, mean. This yeah, this lipstick wearing mad maniac that I love so much, because this guy is just he's so much nuts. Like he, he goes as far as to as to manipulate people's bloodlines to to get his way. He's manipulated the, the, the shop family. Isn't yep, that the reason X Man exists? He, he's a reason why X Man exists. Jesus. <laughs> he's a, he's partially the reason why Archangel Archangel became Archangel. He set up the whole mutant massacre in the Morlock tunnels. He set that up. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, he he makes for an interesting character cuz he does a lot of his stuff behind the scenes and then when he does confront the X-Men, he comes in heavy-handed, very heavy-handed. He's like, and, um, "Would you like to meet your son?" And then yeah, just walks like away he, into the shadows and moves the hell on. Well, Again, here's a guy who went around looking for Jean Grey's DNA, created Madeline Pryor, sent her on her way to Scott Summers, made sure she got pregnant, made sure they, they had Nathan Summers. You know what I mean? He wanted the perfect mutant, and he and he made sure that the steps were, were, were done to make it happen. And he's done that for a whole lot of family, family bloodlines, including Xavier's as well. Okay, like, but, like, like, let's let's be real. Had any redhead showed up in front of Scott Summers, he would have banged her, too. It would have been a game over, bro. Scott Summers is... Not a complicated man. No, he's weak. <laughs> Everything's I've, red. In I've his never eyes. met a man that, oh. that exudes more one pump chump energy than Scott Summers. <laughs> you're really right, but I'm not happy that you're that right, <laughs> or that you just said that. Oh man, this man just said psych is a cuck. Let's go on. <laughs> I'm sure Scott would get off on that too. Let's mm-hmm. go on. Wolverine, hello. Well. <laughs> Well, that's what's happening right now. So speaking anyway. of getting fucked with genetics, my dick <laughs> is one Miss Namorita. Her real name is Namorita Prentice. She is the half-cousin of the first mutant, Namor. She is the daughter of Namora via genetic manipulation. So her DNA, or well, her mom's DNA, her dad's DNA, some ancient Atlantean DNA was thrown in there because had uh, her mom just had genetic children they would have suffered the badness of being only half fish people and not full fish people Mm -hmm. and apparently that real fucks you up when you stand in water for too long can i ask a question yes does that family know any other name beyond namor and derivatives thereof it's unclear okay carry on they have a pet dog named namor rex come on you know it's all in the branding the answer is clearly no, then. So, when reunited with Namor, 
he puts her into the care. So her mom dies, her dad dies, her half-sibling dies, and so she's stranded. So after meeting up with Namor, he puts her into the care of one Betty Prentice, his longtime surface friend. And then eventually Betty dies. And Namorita, just out of pride, because that's who actually raised her and her actual mother, took her last name. She was Is she a- cursed? Probably. Okay, carry on. She takes the last name Prentice, just like another Mary Sue character from a far, far away place. Anyway, she was a founding member of the New Warriors. She is the greenest bitch you've ever met in your whole life. If you thought Poison Ivy from the other side of the fence was a green bitch. No, no. So on the New Warriors, her entire role on that team is to make sure that whatever we're doing, we take into account the ecological effects. Making her the lamest character on the New Warriors. And that's a lame team to start. That's just having an environmental outreach consultant. I was going to try to find some good pointers about the New Warriors. But I'm not going to do it, so let's go on. So, her nickname is Nita, and I'm going to refer to that because that's much better than Namorita. It's less derivative. After one character named Night Thrasher leaves the New Warriors, Nita rose to become the new leader. And then she's cursed again. So Wait, on what grounds is she leader? By being one of the founding members and getting voted in. Oh. Trust me, you're taking over for Night Thrasher. There's not that big shoes to fill. There's, there's only going up from there. Yes. Okay. (laughs) And then she's cursed again. So when Nita underwent yet more turmoil, when she went back to Atlantis and learned the emotional stresses and her depression and like her not being able to focus on things were actually due to the cloning and splicing process that made her. She had been spliced with- Are you saying she's genetically unstable? I'm saying she's genetically mentally unstable. She had been spliced with ancient Atlantean warrior's DNA to prevent the problems of being a half-Atlantean hybrid that caused her skin to go blue and her name to change to Chimera. And on screen right now is the spelling of Chimera. That's just not a good way to spell that word. Absolutely not. It's the worst way. But There's a Y in it. Yeah. She then dated Johnny Storm. Ah. What? (laughs) And they became a star couple. Johnny fucking ho. And then became part of the Fantastic Four by acquaintance, just like Alicia Masters is. She gets to be one too. However, then eventually Namorita meets her end in Civil War One, trying to taunt a villain named Nitro. Then he blew up and killed her, the New Warriors team, all of the rounding schools, and all of the children inside both schools. The only reason she's on this list is because over hopping the fence one more time, we have another sea woman, and her actress is kind of problematic. Correct. So, Marvel, take advantage of this. Let's have a non-problematic actress take the fish lady role in pop culture. It's not that hard to find non-problematic people. There's four of us right here. They We're may all doing may, our best. They may or may not do that, just because the, the Aquaman did take off, so... I totally get why they wouldn't. Yeah... There's a high chance they might not. But I mean, hey. But listen. If they if they plan to use Namor on screen, I mean, Rita's not too far behind, I wouldn't imagine. Well, no, I actually, I would imagine Namora pops up first. And then we get a joke about a naming scheme again. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get Namorita. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure she will show. If, like, if Namor's coming, she will come. She will show up to you. I'm pretty sure. Well, that was the hint we got in Endgame where there's uh, tremors underneath the ocean near Wakanda. Yeah, right. Yes. 
But that's all we've got. Nobody ever said a name or the the first mutant or anything like that. So, eh, still possible. Yeah, we'll see. I think that takes us all the way back around again. It sure does. So, my next pick that is following the rules this time, I swear, is Mr. Madison Jeffries. Or, as Red was able to first identify him, Jack in the Box. Now, Jeffries has a, a surprisingly complicated history for a guy you probably couldn't think about. His abilities is the telekinetic manipulation of glass, plastic, and metal into whatever shapes he wants. He also can, like, communicate with AI and such. So he's got the box bot, who is pretty neat. So Mr. Jeffries is Canadian. This doesn't stop him from serving in the U.S. Army during the Vietnam War alongside his brother Lionel, for reasons we're gonna go with. I'll tell you right Um, now that he gets major points for being Canadian. Agreed. Hard agreed. Mm -hmm. So... Madison is, that's probably how I'm going to refer to him, or Jeffries. We'll see which one ends up coming out of my mouth more. Unlike him, his brother Lionel's ability is to manipulate organic matter. So Lionel uses his abilities to heal people as much as he can, except he once uses it on a dead person in an attempt to resurrect them, and it goes so horribly he loses his mind and turns evil. Madison immediately puts him in a box and sends him off to a psychiatric hospital in Montreal. That is worse. The than correct ri- response. That is worse <laughs> than risking your arm, your leg, and your brother to bring back somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Put him in a box, off to Montreal. The French will deal with it. The French will deal with it. Good <laughs> You're <stuff>. so funny. <laughs> the French don't deal with anything. Come on now. So, he goes home and becomes a mechanic for a while. Except, like... PTSD means his powers flip the fuck out and take over the entire town. The Canadian government, noticing this, contacts Department H and is like, hey, can you do something about that? So they send Wolverine over. And Wolverine shows up and is like, hey, dude, stop. So, and he's like, I will do my best. And they just kind of kidnap him off to Department H, where he works for them for a while. So he was recruited by Guardian to be a part of Gamma Flight. He ends up kind of like dating Diamond Lil. He, however, also went on with other training teams when Department H was defunded. So reasons, I guess. So what happens with his brother is the leader of Alpha Flight, Heather something or other. I didn't write her last name down. I'm apologizing. She looks into Madison Pass and finds out that he has a brother. And she's like, cool, let's go meet him. He's got cool powers. Except uh, that the file she looked at didn't have notes about being crazy and evil so she accidentally let him out of boy was she surprised (laughs) yeah he fucked her face up real bad real bad which is what happens when you have you know flesh flesh manipulation very scary very scary so eventually madison and lillian get married he does fully join alpha flight for a while but like he doesn't really do anything particularly interesting during that time. He's just there and around. After Alpha Flight's reinstated by Department H, after all that stuff happens, he rejoins and he gets knocked unconscious and brainwashed into being evil and called Gemini. And he spends the rest of his history at least a little bit evil most of the time. He takes part in Weapon X experiments, creating stuff. He helps make a brand new generation of Sentinels with like 
self-replicating tech. Not he... good. Not good. He saves Director Colcord from being murdered by people who were justifiably trying to kill him. He's brainwashed into making the automated mutant death camps. Um, uh. Yeah. He is one of the few mutants who doesn't lose their powers in M-Day, which is cool. Beast is like, hey, what if you join my scientific team to stop all of this nonsense? And, like, he kind of does that. And he's kind of cool for a while and helps make a time machine. And then he goes in Utopian's arc to live on the island with people who are like, what if we just lived here and were only a little bit evil? That went as well as you'd expect. He was around in Age of X-Men doing, you know, history teaching at the Summers Institute for Higher Learning. And then he's, we can just kind of assume he came home, but he's never actually shown after that one. So, mm. Is he on Krakoa right now? I think he's seen in the background, actually, of something. Like, I think he's technically there, but I don't think he's been named. Fair enough. There's lots of these guys. <laughs> yeah. And Gold Ball brings them all back, so... So he must be there by default. That's how that works. Yeah. Namorita's not so, there, but yours is there for sure. So I want to see him because I I also understand that I did just go through an entire character bio there with you guys because who the fuck was this guy? And I felt I needed to explain. But I want to see him, first of all, because he's Canadian and we always need more Canadians. Second of all, because he's just got a hell of a history and you can pretty much put him on whatever side of a conflict you feel like. Maybe he's evil again today. Who knows? He doesn't. He's got a lot of trauma about it. Mm -hmm. And he's got perfect powers for a support role. Because how much of the world is plastic, metal, and glass these days? A lot. And that's one of those... I have a soft spot for, like, underrated powers. And that definitely feels underrated. Like, the stuff you could do with that. The stuff I they could have done with neat. Darwin. Uh... Darwin, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, boy. I stand by Mr. Madison Jeffries, even if he has two first names and one of them is a woman's. And I believe that sends us back to Beastie. You are great. But yes, that brings me to my next character, which is Dust, a.k.a. Soraya Quadir. Okay, well, I'm assuming, but let's not assume, but that's what I'm assuming. But the, the character is interesting nonetheless, just because, again, female character and person of color, especially from Afghanistan. So it'd be interesting to see an X-Men from another part of the world as well, but also in the situation of like, well, you know, like, let's just say of how she kind of got found, which I will describe real quickly. Let alone being born in Afghanistan, she was kidnapped and then sold into slavery at, uh, at a young age. Uh, a few years later, she got rescued by Wolverine and Phantom X. So there would be some cameos that'd be very interesting. Yo, Phantom if, uh, X is cool. Sugar. Yes, and then she got placed in the Indian X Corporation base in Mumbai. Dope. Which I think that, yes, it'd be really mm -hmm. cool to kind of see that like uh, expanded, like you, like not universe, but I guess uh, you know other um, expanded base operation. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Just kind of see that you know happening. Um, but the interesting part of of her story too, for the beginning, is that she hid herself from the X Men who were stationed there. By turning into Sam and spreading herself around the complex, um, Phoenix then had sent uh, Soraya's, Soraya. Soraya, thank you, Soraya's presence, and telepathically convinced her to reveal herself to everyone present. Soraya announced thank her you. presence by speaking a single word, which again I'm 
could have possibly butchered the pronunciation, but it was Trab, which is dust in Arabic. So I think it'd be cool origin, like bringing up, even if it's a small one, and just like introducing her into the fold, be like, hey, we got another one here. But we also got this other base of operations that we work with because we're a big team. So I got a question for you. Go for it. So because I believe we had, did we have a sand villain in the MCU already? You mean Sandman? Sandman turned up in one of the Sony Spider-Man films. That's about so, it. Yeah, that's about three. it. And everybody, everybody wants to forget about that movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just and the only, what do you call it, I guess. There was a Sand Guardian in Far From Home. Yeah. Oh. Really. You're thinking of when Sand, you're thinking of when Hydro oh, was, Man. Oh, yeah, it was the wind and, one, and but it was in the sand area. Got it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so they kind of referenced it, but yeah, that was about it. But otherwise, it'd be cool to see, like, a transmorphic hero or character. And I would prefer so. her over Sandman, speaking of which, honestly. <laughs> yeah, so it'd be cool to kind of see it, you know, and just, you know, just... More she could be literally her. there the oh. whole time. She could be in any of the movies right now. We'd never know. She just never relinquished her, like, herself. Exactly. She's there high. and thinks everyone's an idiot and doesn't want to have any part of that. <laughs> It's like, uh, no, I'm, I'm still here. Yeah, we've got our own fight in these countries to worry about. I'm not worried about yours. But but you're not wrong. <laughs> so yeah, that, that'll be the interesting uh, character that I think should be brought into the silver screen. And obviously, again, like I said, it would just seeing another base of operations would be cool as well. So Okay. Shino, I think it kicks it back to you, my guy. All right. Well, my second pick has some loose ties to both x-men and some old mcu stuff like the super soldier serum and, and all that arkady gregorovich rosovich also known as omega red one of, one of my other favorite baddies just because he makes for he doesn't make for a very compelling villain in that he's very menacing in the cerebral cerebral ray but he makes for a really great action and he does put wolverine through the ropes sometimes so it'd be great to see him on screen just for high action scenes, if you really if you're looking for like a good old, good old one on one kind of tussle, or even taking on a whole a whole freaking team, because like Omega Red could, based on his just his skill set alone, he's got a healing factor like Wolverine's. He's super intelligent. He's got pretty much the same skill set as a Captain America. He's got these tendrils that come from his arms that literally suck the life force out of your body, and they also secrete like like a, like a virus, like a, like a instant death kind of illness virus like it just immediately kills you he's a he's really dangerous when he really puts his mind to to murder <laughs> it's something else he is given full-on problems to like like x-force i think he's even joined x-force for like a little bit i think like a version of them straight out of russia dangerous dude kgb of course mafia tied of course was made an experiment unwillingly was turned into a super soldier kind of but it had a side effect where he needed to sap life like life energy so that's where the tendrils come in. And um, he's given Wolverine and the X-Men, in particular Storm, some trouble over the years. In the last couple of years, he's been out. He's been kind of quiet on the forefront nowadays. Uh, again, Omega Ray is not really a compelling villain to use. But uh, when, they, when they do use him, he's, he's something else. Make it an animated thing. Make it an animated hey, thing. You know put, what? Put them in one if. Test the you waters for a little while. So, I, but live action. This is right? true. So I can see him live action. But you've already had him animated. And if you've, if you've seen Hulk versus, he's in it. Oh, yeah. He's hey. giving Wolverine trouble. He got his ass handed to him by, by Hulk like they all did. But give it a I mean, that is how that works, yes. <laughs> but give it a watch. He's He was in it. So 
animated. He's even in the old the old nineties X Men cartoon. He I think That's he true. had I think he had like two episodes. So it'd be good to see him something else. Live action would be nice. Variety. Again, just because if you're looking for like a like a mid level protagonist, someone to like kind of right, carry like a mid boss. Yeah, mid boss. You know, someone to carry it in between. You know, doesn't have to be the main guy, but like you had Magneto, but then you had Toad, you had Mystique, you had Sabretooth. You know, the mid card, and he could carry the mid card even by himself. And I believe that swings us back to Red. What do you got? I've got Franklin Richards. So the ever dangerous Franklin. So a debatable poll, but we'll take it. The Omega Bomb that is Franklin. Go on. Okay, so. Here's my reasoning on how Franklin Richards gets to count. So, A, he's a mutant. No doubts about that. He's got two, like, genetically fucked up parents. And so when they had him, he's got powers. Like, the moment he comes out the womb, he's got so kind of powers, his birth is kind of fucked up. And I'll go into that later. Right now, in the comics, and I don't like referencing anything directly in our show because that kind of deletes the foreverness of our show. But for this, we're making exceptions. In a recent comic, X-Men Fantastic Four, Magneto, Professor X, and somebody else whose name I don't remember, go to Forever Plaza and go sit down with Franklin Richards, who right now is kind of losing his powers because his father can't keep them stable for very long. And they go to him and says, your child is a mutant. He needs to come with us. And so he spends the entire, I believe it's a six-issue mini, no, it's four issues, deciding which team he wants to work with and which team he doesn't. And he ends up working with both. And Krakoa, the main island where mutants are getting uh, rebirthed and the the whole X-Men universe is getting re-spun out from that point. Also, it's pretty fucked up, but that's an aside. That's an aside. But like... He gets to go there. He gets to be an X-Men just because he's there. It's lame. I get it. But everybody's letting Jackson me count. Newton. So here we go. Basically, he has citizenship. That's how this works. He has mutant citizenship. Yeah, pretty much. So a little bit of history. And by that, I mean a lot of bit of history. Because this is probably the oldest character on this list. He Buffling first appears in. in Fantastic Four Annual Number 6 in 1968. This is an old-ass little boy. His full name is Franklin Benjamin Richards. Big guess on where his middle name comes from. He's currently going. He's currently going by Powerhouse, which I don't like. Nobody likes that. I don't. I don't <laughs> like that. No, that's just Franklin Richards. Sorry, dude. Like, is he the mitochondria of the X Men? <laughs> he might as well be. He was the Richards. mitochondria of cr- recreating the universe. Damn. Like I said before. His birth was complicated. So just before Sue went into labor to have him, he was exuding so much energy in the womb that the Fantastic Four had to go to the negative zone to get an object, a MacGuffin, called the Cosmic Control Rod. A weapon of the villain Annihilus. Reed succeeded, grabbed it, drained his energy, and used it to help his wife. It's the first antimatter epidural, is what it is. Um, same said energy in a possible future would turn Franklin Richards into Galactus. He manifested his powers so early while he was still in his crib, he accidentally created a pocket universe. Later, he tried to use his powers to make himself an adult and then took on the name Avatar. Oh, 
Um, but that's trademarked, so we had to change that. Yeah, so Disney's not going to do that. But because way to flip yourself the bird basically twice. Because by the time we get to this character, we'll have Avatar 3. I'm still not convinced Avatar 2 is happening, but that's just me. So It probably shouldn't. He then realized that he was not psychologically mature enough to handle that much power, so he took a verse right out of Kanye. So he put himself back to a child and put dampeners inside of his own brain that as he psychologically matured, he would literally grow into his own powers. The dude self-regulated before it was cool. Like, literally. During Secret Wars, one of the Illuminatis, you know, Marvel's super secret team of all the brightest minds, his powers were going to be used to protect the uni- uh, like two of the universes from colliding together. The 616 mm-hmm. universe and the 1610 universe. And, well, Reed decided to experiment on his own son, and once Sue caught him and pulled him out of this damn machine because... It wasn't going to work, and it was going to murder this boy. Yeah, uh, saying that Reed Richards was in the doghouse would be the understatement of both universes. Luckily, well, I guess luckily for Reed, his entire family gets destroyed because both planets crash into each other, and he's the only one that makes it on the ship to Battleworld. Luckily, I don't think is the word that usually would be used in the context of someone's entire family dying, but at least in this one, I kind of get it. They came back obviously, by Mr. Fantastic ending up on Battleworld. He gained omnipotent power by talking to Multiple Man and the Beyonders and bringing not only his family back, but the entire Future Foundation and brought them all back to life. And right after Secret Wars, Reed Richards and their entire family were off creating little multiverses and repopulating like the entity that is Eternity. Because once Battleworld existed... Eternity was kind of dead because there was only one thing ever. And so they were helping to do it out. This boy is the strongest mutant to ever be born. And also, this would give a child actor, that a really, really skilled child actor, a big role to just grow into, literally. Be a uh, role of a lifetime. Gen- one hell of a contract. Right? Mm-hmm. You sign contract for to, you know... Go on as a child, and by the time you're a teen, you're the strongest thing on the screen right now? Deal. Forever. You're making Disney money till the day you die. Depends. We gotta get his parents on screen first. Well, that's true. Then they gotta fuck yuck. <laughs> do it again. Goofy now. They do. That's why they, he has a sister. Exactly. And she's so got the same- to stop being sexualized. Let's do a round of uh, honorable mention, shall we? Sure, I only have two of them, so it'd be real quick for me. Let's go back to the beginning. Table, you got any? Yeah, go on. The only other character that I wanted to drop was Spiral, who is 99% of the time a villain. She does very scary things to people with her six crazy arms. Her origin story is a temporal paradox. She can see through time and dimension, which fits in with a lot of weird shit that X-Men's been doing for forever. You fucking got that right. I wanted to talk to you guys about one of the most horrifying things that she was involved with. Go so, on. Spiral spends most of her time working for Mojo, right? Uh-huh. And her arch nemesis is Psylocke. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. She was involved in various cybernetic modifications for Psylocke. Mm-hmm. One of them 
was she gave her cybernetic eyes, which doubled as cameras for Mojo to spy on the X-Men. That's correct. Hella invasive, but all right. The worst thing she did was, I'm going to read directly from the Marvel fandom wiki on this one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Along with Mojo, Spiral played a role in Psylocke becoming Asian. Yep. Originally, it was believed that the two literally transformed Psylocke from being British to being Asian, but it was discovered that Spiral, without Mojo's involvement, transferred the X-Men's mind into the body of the Asian assassin, Gwenon. Mm-hmm. Right now... Do you, do, you, do you know why that happened? No. Because they needed an Asian member on the team. Ah. So, so instead, instead of just making a whole new one... Or returning someone like Sunfire, because he, he was a member, they transported one who was a white woman into an Asian woman's body so that she was sexy again. Uh, okay, I'm going to come in with the redemption, though. Okay. So right now, both the Asian woman and the person who was her consciousness there for a little while mm-hmm. are currently two separate people. And the consciousness person uh, really doesn't want to use the name Psylocke because that name belongs to that body. You know and what? she very definitively says, that's not my name. I haven't decided on a new one, but that's not me. That's pretty cool. That's in Excalibur, if anybody wants to read it. Uh, I haven't been reading that. Redemption. Uh- mm, good old Psylocke. But Spiral is cool. She's got six arms. She has magic powers to the point where she was able to temporarily steal Captain Marvel's energy powers and beat the shit out of Iron Man. Just saying. She'd be great on screen. Spiral's and- dangerous. Spiral's dangerous is all shit, man. She's giving the X-Men a run, especially especially the time frame when they were they I think they had Longshot on the team when he came mm-hmm. escape from Mojo World. Crazy she's she's crazy stuff, man. She's not she's not someone to play around with. She's dangerous and very skilled with six arms and very sharp blades. Well, fun fact, because you mentioned Longshot, her origin is heavily tied to Longshot in that initially Rita Wayward, which is her real name, and Spiral were intended to be separate characters Mm -hmm. because they both appear at the same time on panel. But what happens is when Longshot returns to Mojoverse, Rita comes with him because she loves him and they're dating. And then Longshot immediately gets captured and she also gets captured. And whereas Longshot just gets mind wiped to forget Rita exists, Rita gets tortured, experimented on, and brainwashed until she becomes Spiral. She spends some time babysitting the ex-babies, and eventually she ends up going back in time to start herself on the path to serving Mojo. It's a whole thing. Yeah. (laughs) We love temporal paradoxes. We do. She's neat. But if I don't ever get to see her in live action, I'd live, you know? You'll make it. Beastie, uh, any honorable mentions? Yeah, uh, I got one. It'd be a quick one, but to uh, the boy known as Pete Wisdom, he, which is uh, basically in the easiest way possible of explaining, he's the mutant James Bond, just a bit, you know, like more of a dick. So he's character. like Cyclops, but James Bond. No, no. No. <laughs> no. no. See, Cyclops is just a dick. That's it. <laughs> Just this guy's a, this guy's James Bond, but a little extra dickish, a little different. <laughs> British dickish, as as you will. Okay, Pete Wisdom, hot knives. So what I'm hearing is spotted powers. Yeah, spotted yeah, dick, yes, that's right. Quail dickish. 
Anyways, nonetheless, um, it would just be cool to see his abilities, which is, again, reference already, Hot Knives, which he can absorb uh, ambient heat and solar radiation and release and absorb energy from his fingertips as a semi-solid energy projection. It's called Hot Knives. I don't know. That'd be cool. Just kind of see a little, like, you know, a bit of, like, a sassy, douchey British guy. Just be like, hey, I'm part of MI6. Or my 13, whatever, and I'm just and pulling kind of, the thousand degree knife challenge on everybody he meets. Basically, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. That's good stuff. Pete's all right stuff, man. He's okay. Mm-hmm. All right, Shane, who breaks... you got? Oh, I was gonna say, but until he breaks Kitty Kitty's heart, but that's another day too. I know. My honorable mention is the entirety of Alpha Flight because I mean, no one fucking gives them love, so give the entire team love, man. Every last one of them. Canadian. That's right. Well, Canadian love. All of them. Snowbird. You know what? Puck, Fuck it. Sasquatch. Let's go. Sasquatch, Guardian, Vindicator. You know what I mean? North Star, Aurora. All of them. The whole squad. Just give them love. They they don't ever give love. They're often forgotten about. I think they had like two appearances in like two different cartoons and that's about it. Yeah. And like, yeah, I think like, maybe like, a brief mention on screen somewhere for like in like one of the X-Men movies, but that's about it. Like nothing else. And uh, I mean, if you're, if you're going to show off wolverine's origins wolverine like no you're gonna give this guy some origins if you're gonna dive into there at least give them a, a, a little cameo something a little something i'm in i'm sold they get lots of points think... for being canadian lots of and you know you've got a whole ass cast like you've got a movie a team. you've got a movie yeah they 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 rep the entire the entirety of the nation right you got everybody from coming from like from ontario right down to like bc so i mean they cover canada that most of the world doesn't know the most of the world thinks canada's toronto and that's about it i think the only one from terry from any territory is snowbird she's out of the yellow knife oh, that shit. counts yeah that's that'll count happen. yeah awesome yeah so that's about the only one shaman's out of out of calgary so first he's a first nations medicine man he's out of calgary yeah and sasquatch out of bc aurora's out of montreal quebec with her brother north star north star being the first openly gay character in marvel i think he's also the first uh gay married man in marvel that's correct as well screams Um, in kazoo (laughs) and you have guardian and vindicator both from out of of ontario i believe and funny thing is the two of them shared that they shared their their name at one point guardian um james mcdonald he had passed away and so heather hudson the wife now uh, i think she had Picked up the mantle by taking a power his power suit and, and reworking it to her favor, and uh, took the name Guardian. But then, of course, as in all comic books, this guy came back to life somehow, some way, and he took back his mantle. So she became Vindicator, and then the whole squad kind of linked out to having both the husband and wife and the whole rest of the squad on there until they kind of shut down and made way for a whole new squad, which had I think. Flex, Matt, a, a, a very strange period of time. Murmur, Radius, Flex. Characters you would never remember, and it's a time period of Alpha Flight that I don't really like too much either. Um, late 90s, early 2000s, not a very good time. But give me the classic stuff, and I'm good to go. All right, my underrated mentions? Please, Red. I've got Maggot, and mostly I just want to see him on screen because his one of his incarnations anyway has a literal maggot just hanging in on, on his body. And I want to see the CJ on how they do that. I don't like that. <laughs> Japheth out of Africa, no? 
I believe so. Yeah. My other one is uh, Gabriel Kinney, a.k.a. the Honey Badger. Yet Does he I'm... give a fuck? A, doesn't give a fuck. B, is directly related to X-23, therefore related to the one and only Wolverine. Of course. And mm. she was what made the X-23, like, books and the X-Men books there totally sufferable. <laughs> because her character was awesome. I think she even runs into dupe, and I think they're best friends. My last one is Morph. That uh, that maggots maggots are his 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 full digestive system on the outside. Mm-hmm. Just cause Chino. He, just because he's gross. Chino. Yes. I am less happy than I was thirty seconds ago. <laughs> now, now that you now that you know that, <laughs> I'm less happy about this character existing at all. His maggots are giant sized maggots, the size of probably like what, like a forearm. And no, no. they eat yeah, they eat anything, and that's his digestive system that you're watching eat. I don't like it. Red, you've <laughs> brought a couple of good pulls, but that one is cursed. Okay, my last one is Morph, and it's specifically the one that's uh currently dating Blink in Exiles. That's because you like Blink. I maybe. That's a hard maybe. I, listen, I would want more Blink, but unfortunately, Blink showed up in Days of Futures Past. And while I like that incarnation, and she does all of her powers right, and I'm totally fine with it, she already showed up. <laughs> so Blink can't make my list. But Morph can. Yeah. Also, big mentions to Mero, because I forgot about Mero, and she's also cool. Yeah, Mero was also on my list. Mm, Again, cool you can stuff. totally tell what, what kind of X-Men I really like. Yeah, you're. I know what time period yours. <laughs> you're, if it's you're, Age of Apocalypse, if it's, it's like, if it's ever so barely early '90s. Yeah, you you're deep into like between Age I, of Apocalypse and like Heroes Reborn. Like you're in, you're in that time frame. Yeah, it's, and then Axis and, is and cool, I, but that's it. Yeah, it's okay because that time period is pretty fun because it gave it gave a whole bunch of characters back that we didn't use for like a long time, like Maverick and all that. So cool stuff. All right, anybody else? One more honorable mention. Well. I think between the four of us today, we have presented at least three more X-Men movies worth of content. Oh, yeah. Okay, wait. No, I, no, no, no. Wiccan. Uh, Forge. I could, we can go on. Listen, yeah. like, this is such a deep well. We could do an episode two, for sure. Oh, for sure. I mean, one day we'll have to do a Worst Mutants episode, for sure, as well. <gasps> oh. Blah. There are some dumb ones out there, but... <laughs> I don't know. Are there any mutants as bad as Arms Fall Off Boy? I don't know. Maggot was pretty gross. Yeah, but like at least his power isn't that his Stacey limbs X. come off like a Lego man. Stacy X, because she just makes you go off on your pheromones and just makes you horny, and that's the butt of the joke. Oh, <laughs> I, you've mentioned her before. You've yeah. mentioned this. Yeah. Ugh. What a power. Oh, there's one mutant. He attends the school, but his literal power is just to blow up, and that kills him, so he's only got one power one time. Oh. Wait. Shit. I don't remember okay. his name, but that guy wins. Does he on that literal bombshell? Beastie, well, could you take us out? Yeah, I oh god. It's depressing. Uh-huh. But how does it feel to be mean? the worst mutant to ever live? Actually, you never lived. Day. You had one day. <laughs> Go on. Our Twitter is at Crusade Nerd. Instagram is at Nerd Crusade and we upload every Wednesday to YouTube, and you can download any previous episodes or listen on your mobile device to the Anchor.fm website or wherever podcasts are found by searching Nerd Crusade. 
to be continued. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this issue, go ahead and button mash a thumbs up. If you want to swing by when we have a new video, web up the subscribe button on YouTube or anywhere you can to listen to our podcast. And to be updated to know when a new issue is out, hit the bell to be notified by... Oh, no!